is the Opening Market Podcast on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Mark Magnuson. Joined today by Joe Camp of Comstock. Joe, what are we seeing taking place in the grains today ahead of that big USDA report tomorrow? Yeah, slightly softer across the board here, but on light overnight trading volume. So we could go either way when we start up again at 830 Central. We see that it is about anticipation of this Friday crop report that really has the defining influence. We had a bit of a bounce for corn and soybeans on Wednesday, but wheat made new contract lows again. We're talking about basically two-year lows. And on the news of some negative demand worry, we had uh, it announced that Egypt was looking to tap into Russian supplies to make a big wheat purchase there. Egypt, one of the world's top wheat importers in Russia, still dumping cheap wheat into the market in a way that uh, really hurts our competitiveness overall on the world trade stage. We continue to monitor these export uh, paces and see that wheat exports are down about 17% from where they were a year ago, and the USDA projecting them to fall only 8% when all is said and done here. So we are off pace on that front, and uh, overall just a bit still negative. We know the speculators are leaning bearish on these grains and are keeping hold of that net short position on corn and wheat and then have trimmed really considerably their net long held on soybeans before this Friday's report. But that can change it. You know, depending on these numbers, we very well could be reminded just how tight we are. It's been generally strong basis for a long while now. And that's been indicative of, of it hard to come by these uh, leftover grain stocks from the previous year, particularly corn and, and beans, um, before this fresh fall harvest. And it does fit, too, as we're rolling into next month, that we would close out September and be close to potentially where we normally expect our seasonal lows to mark out. Joe, we've seen some export sales recently, including a big sale of corn to Mexico. Does that signify that the United States is becoming a little bit more competitive in the world market, or is this just a one-off? It does. It does signify that we've come down to a point where we're starting to attract more interest from these bigger buyers. The question going forward is, what one, we we do need and have to respect that Mexico's a a huge buyer, and we're going to rely on that to continue along with other top buyers like Japan. Of course, the question is, uh, will China step into the mix here in a bigger way? We've got those sales, you know, I think less than a third of where they were a year ago. Overall, corn sales are down about 6%, which is not all that bad relative to where we were at this time last year, but it is against the USDA projection for total corn sales to increase by about a quarter over last year here uh, into this new marketing year. So we need to step up these daily sales announcements like we got here recently, and we'd hope that those will include some business with China. And that could occur now that, again, these prices have come down. We compete much more um, uh, with the Brazilian market. Uh, one of the issues, though, is still the Mississippi River and, and getting grain out of the Gulf of Mexico. Of course, we can uh, send uh, rail down to Mexico. We can get it uh, down to our neighbor to the south a little easier than we can to other countries like China at the moment because of these river issues. looks like that's stabilized for now, some of these recent rains, and China can still pull off of the Pacific Northwest ports. Uh, so we're just waiting and kind of expecting that once this big push of Brazilian corn uh, gets finished here shortly, then the uh, other buyers like China could step in for some U.S. corn. Joe, let's switch it up to the other side of the ag marketplace. What are we seeing happening with the livestock complex? 
Still a continued correction here for these cattle futures. We did have the October live cattle contract hold steady while the rest of the board sold off yesterday, and that's because we have now uh, come into a correction that discounts the board again relative to where the cash has been trading. That is still a, a fundamentally strong market. I mean, fed cattle hard to come by, demand still pretty solid. But I think what we've been seeing is a, a technical correction for one and one that relates to where the speculative positioning has been, where that's the flip side of the grains, where those hedge funds have been so negative and bearish here lately. They've been awfully bullish and net long on the live cattle and feeder cattle futures. And so some sign that the market has topped now encourages these big traders to want to rush for the exits and not, not wanting to be the last one out to take profits. And that fits, too, with what we've got to talk about in terms of these outside market influences, the worry over the economy and the possible government shutdown. We've observed really sharp weakness in the stock market, and I think those two are going hand in hand this so far, technical correction or, or uh, board correction for the cattle futures, but nothing changing just yet for the strong fundamentals there. Joe, when we've talked about the cattle price recently and it continues to climb and how that relates to the price at the store, can we already start to project to next year and think about those prices? Are they going to be even higher next year when we're at the store looking at beef in the uh, meat case? I think they can be higher leading into 2014, but then uh, we would see them potentially leveling off into the, say, second or third quarter of next year because of what we hope will be a rebuilding of the herd. We know we've long been in contraction now. Uh, there is some hope that, say, pasture conditions improve, uh, that we still uh, have a response from producers from higher prices uh, and so that they'll increase production from that standpoint. So it's kind of one of those things where we're not calling it over yet, this strong market. We still could have gains into the last part of this year and on into early 2024. Uh, but at the same time, we think it's a market that can correct itself in the long run and that eventually we level off after we've had such a run. Beef prices up some 20% uh, or more. If you look at the choice cutout average, you have futures that, of course, run uh, along with cash prices some 30% or more from where they were a year ago. So not saying it's over yet, but we do look ahead into uh, the beginning stages of, of next, uh, say, spring or early summer, and then could see pr uh, prices leveling off from there. Joe Camp of Comstock, our guest here today. Joe, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch and get even more great marketing information from Comstock? Yeah, we've got our uh, daily report access and all of our contact information at Comstock.com. Joe Camp, thank you so much and have a great day. Have a great day. Thanks a lot. That was Joe Camp with Comstock. It's time now for a check of the numbers. December corn up a quarter of a cent at 483 and a half. November soybeans down 12 and a quarter at 1291 even. October soybean meal down 10 cents at 390 even. October soybean oil down a dollar and eight cents at 58.53. Chicago wheat down one even at 606 and a quarter. Minneapolis wheat down two even at 749 even. Kansas City hard red wheat down six and a quarter at 688 and a quarter. March oats up two and three quarters at 452 and three quarters. On the Merck, October live cattle up 45 cents at 185.40. October feeder cattle up 62 cents at 252.87. October lean hogs up 10 cents at 82.22. October pork cutout up 40 cents at 92.65. And class three milk up 4 cents at 18.42.
This has been a check of the opening markets on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. <laughs>